Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. Joined by Lance Meadow, I am John Schmelk. The phone number for you is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter if you want to get in touch with us that way, you can. It's all brought to you by Coors Light, Mountain Fresh Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. There we go. Um, and, guys, a lot of 2020 draft talk today on Giants.com. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, the Giants at 2 p.m. today will have, and I'm, a lot of you will probably be listening to this after the press conference, so we're not going to preview it all that much. Uh, the Giants will introduce Joe Judge as their new head coach at 2 p.m. today at MetLife Stadium. The Giants officially making the announcement late yesterday afternoon. Lance and Paul have been on the last couple of days talking about it based off the reports that were out there, and now it's official. And Lance, it's exciting. It feels like a fresh start. And after four years where you cycled the two head coaches over that period of time, two years each, you hope this is another change that can move this organization in the right direction to start winning more football games. It's the third year in a rebuilding process that Dave Gettleman started when he got here, a transformational process, however you want to phrase it. And these two guys together, the Giants hope will lead them ahead into becoming a winning organization again. Well, I think what's different about this hiring, John, is the background of the candidate. Joe Judge is a special teams coordinator slash wide receivers coach. You think about the two previous Giants head coaches, offensive coordinators. So this is somebody that has not been necessarily an offensive or a defensive play caller throughout the course of his career. He has been overseeing an entire roster, essentially, because on special teams, how many movable parts are Mm -hmm. there, right? You grabbing guys from offense, defense, you're grabbing guys off the street, and sometimes you have to get them prepared to play a few days later on Sunday or Monday or whatever it may be. So, you know, that I think is relatively different. Now, you know, if you also look at his background and you look at the individuals that he's worked under, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, you know, that grabs your attention. And I think, you know, that experience that he brought to the interview process based on the press release that came about yesterday, if you look at what John Mara and Dave Gettleman had to say, the experience in the resume was certainly a strong selling point when they all sat down with one another. Well, it has to be. And, you know, when you talk about somebody that's going to do a job for the first time, it's very important to take a look at who he's worked with and you hope that carries over to when he takes the job over. Now, there are no guarantees. There's no way to know what a guy's going to be like when he takes a job he's never done before. But all you can go on is resume and who he's been around, who he's going to look like. And I think when we hear from Joe Judge today, Lance, considering he's, you know, I would imagine not going to be a play caller on the offensive or defensive side of the ball, you're going to hear a lot about tone, a lot about what he wants his team to look like, the attitude, the way they're going to play, the style, the tempo, things like that. That'll be the overarching theme of what he wants this team to play like, how he wants to coach, what he wants the organization to look like, and how he wants fans to perceive them. And from my impressions, reading about where he's been, who he's coached with, to me, it feels like it's, and it probably makes sense given this is the guy they hired, it's very in line with the same type of things we've heard from Dave Gettleman the last few years. Physicality, toughness, run the ball, stop the run, win up front, you know, be the more physical football team, and that's how you're going to win games. Yeah, be that hard-nosed type of team. Tough, which is smart. Yeah, what Gettleman absolutely has been preaching. And also, when you think about, once again, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban's teams, I think that has the identity, too, of toughness, hard-nosed, physical-minded football. So I don't think that should necessarily be a surprise. I think what you were alluding to, John, it comes to mind that CEO type of approach. Hey, you know, I'm the head guy. I'm going to delegate responsibilities. I'm going to designate these individuals to take care of their jobs, their roles, and I'm going to have my hand in everything, even though I may not be a specific play caller to a specific facet of the team. Remember, do your job, right? That's the Bill Belichick motto. They named the whole documentary after it. They did indeed. And Joe Judge is going to hire people and put them in place, and they're going to be tasked with doing their job, and he's going to oversee them. And it'll be very important who he hires to do those jobs. We'll see if we get any word on staff today, which is really such a hugely important part of any success for a head coach is who he puts in place as a staff and especially for a guy who has history of a special teams coach who's going to be his defensive coordinator who's going to be his offensive coordinator and those hires in a large part are going to determine at least from an X's and O's schematic standpoint 
what this team is going to look like on the field. It's going to be huge. I think that, you know, not to take away the head coach is important, John, but let's face it, the staff is really what defines how successful the coach is going to be. Well, and the staff is an extension of the head coach. 100%, but specifically in this case, because once again, when you look at what Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer did, you know, they were head coach slash play caller. They were extremely invested, John, on the offensive side of the ball. Like Lance, you always, you're, you're going to know what Kyle Shanahan's 49ers offense is going to look like as as long as he's there. Of you're course, gonna yeah, know he's what, a part of that. Yeah. You're going to know what Sean McVay's offense in, the, in L.A. is going to look like as long as he's there. But you look at John Harbaugh in Baltimore, it looks different whenever he gets a new guy in there. So to your point... It's going to be hugely important. Yeah, and he's going to pick an individual that clearly is going to implement and preach, of course, the vision that he sees fit for this team. But Harbaugh's a good example because actually during his tenure in Baltimore, not to get completely off subject, but he has brought in a variety of different offensive coordinators. And now Greg Roman fits Lamar Jackson's profile, and you see the chemistry between both of those. But, you know, that's not a Harbaugh offense. That's not an Andy Reid offense in which Harbaugh worked under. So, you know, Judge is going to bring in somebody based on the personnel and somebody that I'm sure is going to take this personnel and put them in a position that they can run the offense that they think is going to be able to showcase the skill sets of the players and obviously put points on the board. But that, I think, is somewhat of the land of the unknown, which maybe adds some intrigue to this hire, John, because once again, when McAdoo and Shermer took over, you had a feel, okay, this was Shermer's blueprint. This is who he is. McAdoo was already on the giant staff under Coughlin. So you had somewhat of an identity. With Joe Judge, you really don't know what his stamp is going to be. At this point. Well, Lance, to your point, we you know we everybody in the organization gets together when we're trying to prepare for the hire and like, well, what can we do? What content can we put out? And so you know, I usually do a lot of the film study. I put X's and O's stuff and stories and videos and stuff. And they're like, well, John, why don't you break down the X's and O's for for Joe Judge? And I'm like, <laughs> what is there? <laughs> How? <laughs> Look, you you can show some great plays on special teams, but he's yeah. not going to be the special teams coordinator either, right? So. There's really nothing we can do. The minute the Giants hired Pat Shermer as their head coach, and previously when Ben McAdoo came on as the offensive coordinator under Tom Coughlin, the first thing I did, all right, I'm going to go watch five Packers games. I'm going to go watch six Vikings games. I'm going to see what this guy's offense is all about. I can't do that until I know who the guys are going to be. And my bet, given how quickly this thing came together, I know for fans that were frustrated, it seemed like it took a long time. That really wasn't the case. So it takes a while for a coach to put a staff together. I'd be surprised if we have specific word on coaches uh, today at the press conference. That would be a surprise to me. It'll probably filter out as we go along. Uh, there was a report this morning from Alex Marvez that I'll bring up that he was going to keep Thomas McGahee on as a giant special teams coordinator. Giant special teams played well this year. That would make sense. Again, that's just a report. We're not confirming it. I have no idea if it's true, but that report was put out there this morning by Alex Marvez on Sirius. Uh, he's very yeah. locked in. NFL reporter does a good job. Um, so we'll see if that's the case. But again, I think Lance, the focus today is going to be on the type and brand of football that he wants Giants football to be. And I think for... Let me put it this way. I think Paul Dottino is going to be very excited <laughs> after he listens to Joe Judge describe the type of football he wants to play today. Do you think that's fair to well, say? Well, I think that's fair, though I would argue Paul would run through a wall if he heard anybody talking about football <laughs> in general, And John. the Giants, so, specifically. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's necessarily saying any much. But I, I think his style matches the style that Dottino really gets excited about. Well, which about. is in line with Gettleman's style, too. Correct, yeah. yes. Trenches and mm -hmm. Paul Dottino are synonymous with one another. He gets excited uh, over that whenever you talk about the uh, down-and-dirty work uh, inside the line, whether it be the offensive line or the defensive line. Piggybacking off of a few points that you brought up, when Mike McCarthy, Matt Rule were introduced to the media, Ron Rivera, neither of those guys even laid out their staffs. So just to talk about the timeline, if they didn't lay out their staffs, and everybody pretty much has been hired at the same time, and granted there's been reports and leaks here or there about this guy may come over. But nothing was said at the press Correct. So highly unlikely right. that Joe Judge is going to be any different than those other coaches who have laid out, you know, what their game plan is for their respective teams. And I did see the Alex Marvez report as well. Keep in mind, McGahee has served under two previous head coaches here for the Giants. He was under Coughlin as an assistant special teams coordinator, and then clearly he was under Shermer the last two years. So it also would not be crazy to think that he may 
hang around with another coaching staff considering his strong ties to this organization. Well, he might be forced to come in and burn all those LSU purple, though. I'm not sure if that would be a requirement for... for yes, considering the, the Alabama <laughs> ties. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily going to go over very well with Joe Judge. That's a very good point. Maybe somebody should ask him about that at the yeah. presser today. Uh, yeah. Anything else? And by the way, just for the record, we're going to have on Giants.com and the Giants YouTube page exclusive interviews. Bob Papa sat down with Joe Judge. Bob Papa sat down with John Mara, Steve Tisch. Dave Gettleman. So all those interviews will be on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app. Also, the press conference at 2 o'clock today will be streamed live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. So make sure you tune in for that when the press conference kicks off. Something a little different, doing it for MetLife Stadium in the Coaches yeah. Club this uh, this time around. So it'll be a bit of more of a blowout. And then, of course, I'm sure along with Joe Judge, we'll hear from Giants ownership and Dave Gettleman over the course of that press conference as well. Lance, anything else before we take your calls? No, I think that, once again, it's going to be more about the big picture today than perhaps about the specifics on either side of the ball without knowing the coordinators. So I think this is more of a philosophical discussion today and his vision of what he learned from Saban and Belichick and what he wants to apply now that he has an opportunity to put his stamp on an organization. And just remember the coaches that he came from, and I think you'll probably end up seeing in his presser, not maybe personality, but approach be something that you definitely saw in a Saban and a Belichick will be the same type of approach that Joe Judge tries to put out there today based on everything we know about him and we've uh, we've read about him. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. All right, let's get to the calls. Let's go to Carlos in Astoria. He leads us off today. Carlos, what's going on, pal? Happy New Year. It's a new year for Giants football today. New era. Indeed. I, I uh, had a huge sigh of relief this morning. I saw some pictures of Coach Judge uh, on Giants.com on the Twitter account, and he was wearing a suit that fit him. You know, uh, I can't tell you, Carlos, how many tweets I got making jokes about the suit. That's really <laughs> stuck. It's four years already. Well, Shermer wore a suit that fit him, too, the last I time I checked. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come yeah. on. You go on the, 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 first, the biggest interview of your life, and Ben McAdoo showed up in All the right. suit. Six Carlos, that's right. Let's look there. ahead. Let's not look back, please. <laughs> well, and we're also jumping two coaches back. <laughs> yes, we're not exactly. even jumping right, one right, coach fair back. Enough, yeah. Fair enough. So... <laughs> Kind of like you were just mentioning with Dettino, uh, I'm really hoping to hear that this guy wants to get back to playing a modernized version of Giant football. I understand the game has changed a little bit. Sure. But I still believe that running the ball, I mean, our best player by far is Saquon Barkley. And the fastest path to this team having a good season next year is ensuring that your best player is performing under optimal circumstances. And then Obviously, by extension, that'll help the quarterback. Um, I, I saw a report this morning he might interview Freddie Kitchens for his offensive staff. Correct me if I'm wrong. He, he was only the coordinator after Hugh Jackson was fired. Correct. He, he, yeah, he, was, he was the running yeah. backs coach for the first half of last season. Then he took over the OC duties. Gotcha. So I'm not sure what role he would have I didn't see there. that before, by the way. I did um, not either. Yeah. Hey, any, Carlos, I'm I'm Carlos out of curiosity, listen, Carlos, real quick, who had that report? I just want to check on it. Sure. Okay. No, 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 no. 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 Who, who had it? Who had it? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to hang up, but my, my, my question is while, while, while you guys are looking at well, that. Well, well, no, no Carlos, no, did you see the, Carlos, did you see, Carlos, did you see the report? We're asking you who should we credit for the report so we could double check on it. Uh, it was Jordan Rannon. Oh, okay. okay. Thank you. There you go. Now, okay, I, I now what's your question? The, uh, Matt Lombardos and Pat Leonard. That's fine. Well, we're, all we're asking guys, is who guys, tweeted like, out uh, the information. That's all. No, that's fine. Yeah, those guys are a joke. Have a good day, guys. All right. No, Carlos, do you, do, do you have a closing question here or no? No, I think... Uh, I guess not. At okay. that point, yeah. Thank you, Carlos. 201-939-4513. Go, Carlos, we're not grilling. You're just trying to find yeah, out where you can find the report. <laughs> we didn't need the history lesson on the New York media, too. No. <laughs> we just wanted to know who had the report. That was it. Len in Columbia, Maryland's up next. <laughs> hey, Len. Hey, guys. How you doing? You're getting early today, Len. Good day. Good day to be a Giants fan. Absolutely. Um... I was a little surprised by the hire, but not disappointed. And the more you learn about, the more you learn about the guy, uh, you know, the better. Um, one angle that uh, Lance brought up yesterday that I, ju- I just wanted to chat about for a minute. Um, this guy, if you look at his academic credentials, this guy's a really smart guy. Yeah, he's actually getting his PhD in education yep. as we speak. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really want to 
correct you, but when you get it, when you get the doctorate in his field, it's it's not a PhD. It's an EDD. Oh, okay. okay? I didn't know let's, that. Thank you for that. Right, I appreciate I just, that. I just wanted to. No, no problem. Coming from the, coming coming from the academic arena, I, I always. Well, Len, I have to ask you now. What is so. what is what does EDD stand for? So I know. Uh, a doctor of education. Oh, uh, God. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. Um, so he's. I mean, if you get to the level that he's at, all but the dissertation left. I mean, he's he's a really smart guy. Uh, this this guy's a planner, and he, he's got to be well organized to have gotten to that level. And I like that. And the fact that he's a really smart person. The one thing I want to see out of this team next year, and and I think he's going to be able to provide it. And that's why I'm excited about this guy. I I want to see this team play smarter, and um, act smarter on the sidelines. Um, I, I and I get the feeling that he's going to be able to. He's he's going to. He's going to work smarter, not necessarily harder. I think he's got that idea. And he's got a teaching, probably from his background, he's probably got a teaching learning model that he's, uh, you know, he's going to favor. And um, in that field, uh, you know, it's all about communication, so he's probably highly skilled at that. Well, Lenny, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of excited about the guy. Yeah, yeah you should be. And I, and, I, and I think you go back to the Hippocratic Oath, right? At first, do no harm. And I think if you look at Nick Saban and Bill Belichick teams over the years, what's the first thing that they don't do? They do not beat themselves. And I think yeah. you're right. That's smart, tough yeah. players that are good in I situations. Just wanna, I want to see them play smart. And I think if you play smart, uh, it'll get you a couple of more wins. I, you know, uh, no no science involved in that, but I'm I'm just saying off the top of my head that I think you can get more wins if you play smart. Absolutely. Um, you know, but let, this is my you know I go way back, so this is my 15th coach with the Giants, and the one thing that I've observed again non scientific here, but the one thing I've observed over the years, guys, is what made one coach successful over another. Uh, they had a lot of good players. We got we got to get better players. Of course. Um, you know that's Dave's job. Give this guy the players, and he he's going to win with. Them. Remember, Len, he's the part of it too is not just getting new players that are good. It's making the players that are young already on the roster better. Yeah, developing yep. them. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. But you know, I I watched probably like you guys did. I watched all the games last weekend and. Mm -hmm. I just want to mention four names, and these are guys who if we had we, – we don't need all four. All we needed is one of these four, and we're a better football team last year and a better – foot. now, we're not going to get them. We're not going to get them. And, and these are not going to be quarterbacks, but I, I, watched, I watched Jason Kelsey last year. He makes the whole offensive line better. If we had a guy like Kelsey – if we had a guy like Thieran, that wide receiver, you know, up in Minnesota, Adam Zeeland, yeah. If we had a guy like Bobby Wagner from Seattle, we don't need all these guys. We just need one of them, who will be game changers, big time players. We need somebody along those lines, and and guys, um, Danielle Hunter from the Vikings up, up, yeah. up in Minnesota. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Danielle you know, Hunter. Yeah. You know what? And I, I, I think back, people, you know, have talked about the third-round pick and why, you know, why are we, um, you, you know, trading the third-round pick. If you look back in the history of the Giants, uh, our third-round picks are nobody to brag about over a 10- or 12-year period of time. I mean, Leonard Williams is far better than any of the guys who we drafted in those, in those, in those rounds, and in in that round, and. Um, you know, so you, I mean, you go forward with that. But we got to get a one guy, one catalyst, one guy who can turn this whole thing around and speed it all up. I mean, it's, you know, it's just time to move forward fast. Yeah, we're with you, Len. And get, you know, get, get, get to the playoffs. But I'm excited right. about this guy. I'm looking forward to the news conference uh, or the presser this afternoon, uh, the introduction. He seems like he's a nice guy, too, and, um, you know, with a good family from the pictures and, it's just it's a good time to be a Giants fan, and you know, let's go Giants. Let's Great. get some Thank players, you, right, give this guy some people to work with, and get back to the playoffs. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And I don't want to get too much into you know free agent strategy at this point, Lance. And I could see them making you know one trying to pinpoint one like really good player to position and, and getting him. But to Len's point, and he made this point, it's not going to be all those types of players. But I don't think it's going to be three big guys spend like a you know. 
guy who just won the lottery yeah. and then figured out later. He just got done cleaning up that mess yeah, from, from the last 2016, time. yeah. So, but would I be surprised if they pick out, you know, one or two guys at different positions where they're like, we think this guy can really be the center of our program and be a difference maker and they go after that guy? When you have this type of cap, cap flexibility, it's absolutely something you should do. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. I, I think there's certainly room to bring on a game changer, which is essentially what Len laid out. But keep in mind, Joe Judge is also coming from an organization where they didn't go on a spending spree in free agency. You know, New England is a lot about development and developing young guys. Guys. So you could argue... Yeah, they you almost know, never spend. Yeah, fact. so that's why, actually, he may be even more of a good fit for the Giants because he's coming from an organization they've built through the draft and they've coached up those guys. Well, now, you know, Len was talking about bringing in a playmaker. He's got a lot of guys that are young that he needs to work with to groom and develop. And Gettleman, based on his last few drafts, is going to offer him and the coaching staff an opportunity to do that. And that's nothing new for him because he's been through that circumstance. Bruno in Atlanta. He's up next. Hey, Bruno. Hey, how you doing, boys? Good talking to you. Doing again. well. What's up? So obviously the hot topic is the the coaching search uh, and, and the coaching staff. You could have fooled me. You know, yeah. I know, I know um, Mr. Maris said that he wanted somebody with high energy, and I think Gettleman said the same thing: high energy staff and all that. And and I called earlier in the week, talking, you know, w- with that in mind. And I'm I'm looking at some of the the possible assistants. Uh, Chris Richard, I know he impressed the Giants, but when he was the D coordinator in Seattle, with the, you know, the 12th man and all that, he didn't really get good results. The Cowboys D underwhelmed this year um, with the with the players that they have. Well, so, remember, Rod Marinelli was the defensive coordinator. Chris Richard right, was the right. passing game coordinator slash DB's coach. Right. But, they, I mean, I don't know, it seemed like they underwhelmed. No, I'm um, not disagreeing with your sentiment. I'm just saying that in terms of the title, Marinelli allowed Richard to speak to the media this past season because right. he wanted to groom him and get ready for a head coaching gig. And he also called the plays, apparently, too. He called the defense. Well, and right. I'm not saying that he didn't have right. an involvement, but Marinelli yeah. has been the true overseer of the defense over the last and few years. shockingly, Richard's right. success in Seattle got a lot worse when they started losing guys like Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, and Richard Sherman. Yeah, the Legion of Boom. Yeah. Hey, dynamics change. Players yeah. matter. Well, so, um, so you know, on the defensive side, obviously Rod Marinelli might be available. Mm, I don't know about that, but Wade Phillips is the name I keep going back to. I think he has no aspirations to be a head coach. I don't think he would undermine uh, uh, Joe Judge. So that, that I don't know. That, that, that just really like, and there's an article in the New York Post with a couple of these assistants. Uh, well, there's a lot of guys out there. I mean, this is the time of the year where, unfortunately, a lot of people have lost jobs. So right, yeah. and, and and like the last time the Giants hired head coach in Pat Shermer, they had to wait till the NFC Championship game was played because the Vikings got deep into the playoffs. There's a much larger pool now to choose from, as Mike McCarthy, Ron Rivera, Matt Rule, all these guys, whoever the Browns end up hiring, yeah. end up trying to basically put staffs together at the same time. So it's it's going to yeah. be a big race. Yeah, it's a big now, competition. The, yeah, the name I'm really excited for on the offensive line, you know, we're, uh, Joe Brett. I'm sorry, Joe Brady from uh, LSU. Guy's really, really young, man. Uh, he's a college coach. I don't know about that. Jason Garrett, I think he's probably going to be look to, looking to head coach again, so I don't know if there's going to be stability for Daniel Jones. Jay Gruden, same thing. A lot of success uh, early on with, with the offense, but I think he's probably looking to, to coach again. There's speculation he might join, join John in, in, uh, with the Raiders. Now, the one name that is available, North Turner. I mean, this guy did so much with Christian McCaffrey. He could so utilize um, Saquon Barkley. I could see a little revenge, maybe, to try to get back at the Redskins, back at the Cowboys teams in our division. And also Bill Callahan. You know, that's another yeah, guy offensive who, line coach. who spent time in the NFC East. I mean, he, he may be out of a job. And, I mean, that guy is an offensive line genius. I'm sure Paul Dettino would be excited <laughs> to, to get that guy. Bruno, so I, what, are your, what are your thoughts on some of these guys? Yeah. Turner is on offense, Wade Phillips on defense. They're older guys, not the high-energy guys, but... You know, those position coaches maybe maybe can be the high-energy guys and all that. But these guys are, you know, it's all about making adjustments in game, analyzing, being prepared. These guys have experience in that. Remember, just because, and, and Bruno, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Just because you're an older guy doesn't mean you can't be a high-energy guy, too. I yeah. think that's a misnomer. But, look, I think you pointed out a ton of names, and I, we won't address them individually, I guess, unless you want to, Lance. You A lot of guys that have a lot of success history of success in the league. I mean, Wade Phillips has been a good defensive coordinator for decades, literally decades. Um, North Turner for decades. He's been a really good offensive mind, and he really adjusted when he got to Carolina, too. He used Cam Newton's legs a little bit more, able to utilize Christian McCaffrey, and Bill Callahan has a great experience in, in 
maximizing offensive line play, running the football, something that the Giants are going to want to do this year with Saquon Barkley. So, again, I have no idea if they're looking at any of these guys, and we're not connecting their names to the Giants whatsoever, but there's certainly guys that have had a lot of success. But if he goes and brings in guys that maybe you don't know to be OC, uh, the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, doesn't mean they're bad hires either. They could just be guys that he knows about and yeah. has confidence in that fans aren't that aware of. And it goes back to the point that I tried to make a couple days ago, Lance, is there's no formula for finding good coaches. It's not like there's a checklist where it's written down somewhere. You do these three things right, you're going to be a great coach. And there's just a lot, a lot of names that people don't know that are great assistants at positions and people just don't know them because the media controls largely based on what agents tell them or what coaches tell them that are more maybe the self-promoting type and you know or have been head coaches that you know some of the guys you mentioned that get out there more so there are a lot of names out there that people probably don't know that are of coaches that would do a fantastic job if they get hired to be OC, DC, or one of the position coaches. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with Joe Judge. You know, he didn't have the hype surrounding him, and right. you know, all of a sudden the Giants interviewed him, were impressed based on his resume, and he's now the head coach of the Giants. So, yeah, the, the media narratives, the hype machine doesn't really mean much of anything if those guys don't come in and yield positive results. I think that he's probably going to look to people who he's had established relationships with. I mean, that's common sense. Normally, you bring in guys that you trust and that also share the same philosophy. Correct. The thing about North Turner, keep in mind, is he worked under Ron Rivera with the Panthers. They just brought in Scott Turner, North Turner's son, as the Redskins offensive coordinator. I don't know. I'm not saying I have any knowledge, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Ron may bring in Norv as some type of consultant slash associate head coach with the Redskins because they've been together going back to their days with the Chargers too. So I don't know, you know, if he wants to go to another team. Wade Phillips worked with Sean McVay, another young first-time head coach, and was very supportive of McVay. So, you know, that's two individuals that have a wealth of NFL experience, but I'm sure there's going to be some names that he's crossed paths with when he was a, a grad assistant at Mississippi State, like mm -hmm. a Freddie Kitt or, you know, somebody that was on the Alabama staff when he was an assistant special teams coordinator. And a lot of guys have come in and out of that New England organization, John, since Belichick took over, too. So be prepared to perhaps see a guy or two that certainly has ties to him over his tenure. And if you look at the history of the New England staff, too, there's traditionally been a lot of turnover. That's yeah, a staff that been. changes a lot every year. So you make connections over the course of the years, and I'm sure he had people, you know, connections with Saban and Belichick. They can recommend people as well. He would trust those recommendations. And you meet people in odd ways. Like, I'm sure he knows all the Mississippi State alumni out there, you know? So, that's the way it is. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Jackie in Pennsylvania is up next. Jackie, what's going on? Hey, gentlemen. How are you today? I'm great, Jackie. Right. How are you? I'm doing good. So, I'm very excited about this press conference that's going to be happening in a couple of hours. And um, it's really hard to be a Giants fan living in Philly, um, you know, as a native New Yorker, but I am very optimistic about what Joe Judge can potentially bring to the team. And uh, my questions for you all are, once the conference, um, the press conference is over, what kind of reaction are you expecting from the fans, from his perspective, once he kind of outlines what's he, what he's here to do? Well, I mean, I think you're asking a lot, Jackie. We, we have to predict what he's going to say and then predict how the fans are going to react. Uh, I honestly don't know. But generally speaking... When you have these press conferences, you'll usually have a really, really positive, excited response from the fan base. That's usually what you get. Now, it, it, a lot of it has to do with how what he says is, is caked and spoken about by the media that's present there. You know, some people watch the full press conference and take it in for themselves. Other people simply go based off the coverage of what is said. said. So that's going to influence the reaction, too. But generally... It's really hard to lose introductory press conferences for a new coach. So my thought is that everyone's going to be very excited and enthusiastic. He's going to pump people up, and Giant fans are going to be ready to go. That's my guess. Yeah, I think you're going to have various opinions. I will say this. I don't know if you should really read too much into introductory pressers to begin with. Lance, I can't tell you how many great introductory press conferences yeah. the New York Knicks have had over yeah. the years. Everybody wins you. the presser. Exactly. And nobody Correct. then goes back, interestingly, to rewatch pressers two to three years back and then look at the results on the field and then see who they were crowning at that time. So I think you should absorb, 
You should obviously have every right to take away your opinions from what is said, but it's a very small part of what Joe Judge and any other head coach that has been introduced over the last few days. I, I saw the Mike McCarthy presser. I saw the Matt Rule presser. I saw the Ron Rivera presser. I use it as informative pieces to see maybe what their vision is, if they give any inklings of staff members. But outside of that, the true results are going to be once we come to September and they play meaningful football games. So regardless of what the fans feel, everybody's going to have their opinion. It's going to be various, but I really don't know if there's much substance to put behind all of these various opinions. Understood. So what I'll do is I'll give you guys a call back in September and we'll revisit it. There you go. Heck, Jackie, give it. Or, or, or you can give us a call in two weeks, too. That's fine, too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I can do that. September you, is uh, when certainly it. the hard work is going to have to start translating to the field. And, and that's how coaches are going to be determined in terms of their success rate. It's not what they do in front of a microphone months before the season starts. A yeah. lot more goes into that. And that's the stuff that matters when you start playing games, right? Obviously, the stuff that leads up to that is important to getting the players into position for that. But we can only base our opinions on what we see. The stuff that actually matters and counts and people remember, for the record, isn't going to happen until September. There's a long time between now and then. Let's go to Doug in Rochester. He's up next. Hey, Doug. Hey, what's up, John and Lance? How you guys doing? We're good, Doug. What's right, up, Doug? Um, I, wanna, I got a couple questions to ask you guys to try to move along right through. Um, um I'm going to talk about the position coaches. I'm going to say something like the defensive back coach. Um, when the, when they're stuff, the Giants staff um, start to choose, um, you know, position coaches, do they go by their history or what? Um, like when Giants lost Lou, what was his name, the defensive back Lou coach? Lou Anarumo. Uh-huh. Yeah, he went off to be a defense coordinator whatever. Bengals. He was a good defense back coach, so – Sure. I, that's one position I'm worried about with the young backfield. Uh, you know, how do they go about just, you know, like looking at um, position coaches? Do they go by their resume or what? Well, no, they actually completely ignore the resume, <laughs> and they don't look at any information at all, and they just randomly select. Yeah, of course they look at the resume, Doug. That, that, that's, that's the part of every hire. You look at what they've done and where they've been and how they've done at their jobs. Well, and, and Doug, keep in mind, Joe Judge, he's making the decisions. The right. coach puts his staff together. This is not a powwow where he sits down with 100 resumes and the front office weighs in. It's going to be a judge decision. They don't put it on hotjobs.com. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's going to, like I said, we talked about this. He I'm may, not sure that's a website. He may have some guys in mind, or maybe it's a website you want to start. I don't know. He, he may have some guys in mind. And he may have some guys that he's considering that he's going to bring in, and he wants to hear their philosophy. If your main point is, given the youth of the secondary, it's an important hire, I agree with you. I, I do not think that that's a stretch. It's an absolutely critical part of his staff because whoever does have that job has to develop a young nucleus but at the end of the day judge is going to make the decision based on who he sees fit for the position not who the giants oh, organization yeah. sees fit okay. correct yeah okay well Good um, point. i want to move along um, um i'm going a little further now the number four draft pick um mock the, draft uh, 1.0 comes after the draft right what no free comes before the draft doug yeah, okay so on. So the Giants, um, they, they can see what's going on before that pick. Now, so if they want to take a guy like Jerry Judy, they they're, they could be in position. They, they'll know what kind of offensive defensive player through the free agency, what they're really looking for, right? Yes. Yeah, by the time they get to the draft, yeah. I think... I, honestly, Doug, I don't want to do draft talk today. We have a lot of stuff going on with the coach, and I think we have three months to talk about what the Giants <laughs> are going to do in the draft. So I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I think we can – Use well, our time can, better elsewhere. Can you at least tease the fact that Judge takes the podium at 2 p.m. Eastern, 2.01. You're going to drop your, what, first or second mock draft? I am not Does doing that. Does that go up on Giants.com no, today? No, it is You not. sure? No. I mean, why bury the lead? I, I mean, haven't that, even started watching Senior Bowl, guys, oh, yet on. because of everything going on this week. No. I'm All starting right. that today. If you want to keep tomorrow. that on the back burner, that's fine. People are going to be racing to Giants.com to see who your projections are for the top four picks. I hate you. Yeah, Freddie in okay. New Jersey's up next. Hey, Feeling Freddie. is mutual. <laughs> for Freddie, many, I up? should say. I, a, lot of, a lot of people. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, Lynn. Thanks for taking my call. What's up? Um, I really like the judge hiring. Um, it's like outside the box, like everyone's saying. He wasn't my first choice, but hearing you guys talk about it and doing some research on him, I think it's going to be he's going to do all right. Well, look, Freddie, and, here's um, the thing. Look, we're just giving you these guys' backgrounds. I can't tell you if he's going to be a good head coach. I I trust the people making the, making the hire. I trust his pedigree. I trust the resume. And 
you have every reason to be confident he's going to be a great head coach, but nobody knows. I mean, Tom Rock had a couple of great tweets yesterday about this, where even as much as draft picks are, hiring a head coach, if you're hiring somebody that's never done the job before, you're going off all your best information, and you're hoping for the best. And that's how it goes. And that that's not a criticism. It's not anything negative against the hiring process or Joe Judge. I'd say this about anybody they hired that had never been a head coach before. You just don't know. Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that, John. You got to give him a chance. There's another, there's another narrative that people throwing out about people don't want to work with Gettleman. I think that's absurd because we don't know what his relationships are with people around the league are, you know? There is, and I, think, I get people. No, Freddie, go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm just going to, let me just say this. And I know people are going to think I'm being a homer and I'm not being honest, but I'm, I am. I understand, and he was asked this by Michael Kay on his interview on ESPN Radio, and I think you, you probably listened to it. Yeah, right? I did. Yeah. He asked him if anybody's ever told him he's been condescending before, and he said no. And if you know Dave and you know his shtick, like I do, I, I was Dave was here back in 2007 when I first started. I've talked to Dave a lot, casually, professionally. That's just his shtick. He is the, one of the most personable people that's had a high position in this organization that's ever worked here. He sits down to talk with anybody at lunch. He sits down with players at lunch, coaches at lunch, football staff at lunch. He'll come over. He'll yuck it up with you. He'll laugh with you. He'll have fun with you. Ask you how things are going outside of football. He is a great dude. So I, I understand yeah, the impression not, of him absolutely. is the opposite, but I think for people that are in the business, now you could say maybe his philosophy doesn't line up with some people's. Okay, that's fine. But I don't think personally that's going to be a problem. I really don't. No, I, I agree with you again. I, I just didn't understand that. But people hear stuff like on Twitter. It, that's the world we live in. I get it. He just run with it. It's just, and also, um, one more thing before I let you go. Um, in a couple of weeks, you're going to do the bowl predictions. You can just throw mine right out the window, please. <laughs> <laughs> will do, Freddie. Thank you for the call, but right. I appreciate it. And we will do bowl predictions, by the way. I wanted to hold them off till after they hired a coach so we have something in the, you know, Second week of February when we got nothing going on. It'll yeah. give us something to do, have some fun with. But I do have the bold predictions up on the oh, board that's here. a big stack over there. And we will yeah. go through them. And I'm sure a lot of them are really bad because I know mine are bad. I know all of ours are bad because you can't. Well, that's, that's football. You just can't predict it. Well, yes. Also, <laughs> I will say this. Uh, with Barkley missing a lot of games, I yeah. think projections in terms of his numbers yeah. were completely out of whack. And Eli only starting two games. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the unknown. And Golden Tate being suspended for four games and Sterling Shepard having a concussion and Evan Ingram only playing 11 games. It's going to screw up pretty much everything. Indeed. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Scott in New Mexico. He's up next. Scotty, do. Hey, guys. How you doing today? What up? Doing all right, Scott. Um... Is it okay to go into this hire with cautious optimism? I think that's the best way to go into any hire in this situation, in, in, in any situation. Yeah, because uh, I'm looking at the Giants' stats for the year, and what uh, Joe Judge has to overcome is quite a bit. Uh, just throwing some things out, time of possession, the Giants finished 30th in the, in the overall teams, yards per play 20th, first down per game 25th. I won't go into all the whole dissertation, but those are the kinds of things he's going to have to overcome. And he doesn't have a lot of experience, so I'm going into this uh, enthusiastic about the pick, but I don't know how much he can overcome. Are we looking for someone who's a savior, or are we looking for somebody to stabilize the situation and have the Giants move forward? I'm not quite sure how to read the hire. Well, I can, well Scott, I can ahead. tell you flat out, and I, I know Lance agrees with me. You don't hire a guy to be a savior. You hire him okay. to coach a football team. I mean, what well, new head coach is not going to just, you know, snap his magical fingers and woo, everything works. Yeah. It's a process. And, and, right. and everything that he puts in place is, tr is, is put in place to give the players on the field the best possible chance to win football games. Whether or not they do it is up to them, but it's the coach to put them in position to give them the best chance to do it. And we'll right. have to wait and see if that can happen. Yeah, I mean, based on your savior point of view, that would mean that if I brought in a veteran head coach, given his resume, he automatically is going to have success regardless of the circumstances that sure. he's inheriting. And you know that's not the case based right. on NFL history. So I don't think we should apply that same logic to somebody that was never a head coach previously. And I don't think the Giants, after going through 
two coaches, technically three if you want to consider Spags in the span of five years, want to now borrow a coach for two years, rent him, and then go over the process again. So I think the clear answer, Scott, is stability. You know, they want somebody that's going to come in and is going to show improvement, but, you know, to walk into this season and think that he's going to snap his fingers and bring a Lombardi trophy, I mean, let's not be naive here. Well, actually, it did happen once uh, back in 1999, but there were different circumstances, and yet I had Dick Vermeil as the coach, so uh, it can happen. But uh, Kurt Warner, yeah, I that, think the person to do with that. I, I think Marshall Falk and a few other guys uh, had something to say about that. Well, so. well, if you look at the records in 97, 98, they were they were exactly the same. The Giants had four and 11 and five and 12. Mm. Uh, so before they be, became Super Bowl champions. But anyways, uh, more importantly, do you think the first step in this process? And I'll take this off the air. The first process that he has to go through, not only hiring his coaches, but the evaluation process of the players that are on the roster right now, because at the end of the day, the players have to play. So uh, I'll be curious to see what your opinions are on that. And I appreciate the. Thank you, Scott. Guys. Yes. In short, yes. I'm sure something tells me a very popular answer today that when he's asked questions about personnel on this roster, he's going to say, I need to watch the tape. I guarantee you those words will come out of his mouth at least once over the course of the press conference today. Yeah, I don't think he's going to lay out how he's going to utilize personnel or you know what he expects the key component of the offense or the defense to be. But I will say this based on Scott's question. Once again, during the interview process, one of the things that you ask the coach is, what do you think of our roster? And who do you think you can build upon? Who do you think is probably not in the game plan. That's a conversation that any front office is going to ask the coach. So those conversations have happened internally, Scott, to answer your question. You know, there's already been an evaluation that the front office has heard from his lens. Just because he's unwilling to share it to the public at large today doesn't mean that the conversations haven't happened and won't continue to happen. Well, another reason he's not going to share it today, Lance, I'm sure he's going to want to communicate it to the players and his assistants before he goes and tells the media about it. Remember where he came from now. Bill Belichick doesn't broadcast game plans. Not at all. That's why I wouldn't be surprised if he follows the same script. Same thing with Nick Saban. Nick Saban doesn't broadcast game plans either. Correct. Nick Saban also does not allow his assistants like Belichick to speak publicly which we had referenced on the last few shows. Because as I mentioned, John, when Paul and I were on, when the Giants have drafted Alabama players, we try to get some coaches on. Nope. And we have no chance because he won't (laughs) let them even come on and rant and rave about their players. Now, we were lucky a couple times because coaches left Alabama, went somewhere else, and then we got to talk to them. Those are very (laughs) convoluted circumstances that have to occur in our favor. (laughs) So once again, he's come through that philosophy. And that doesn't mean that he's going to give Belichickian answers today. That's not what I'm saying. But I would not expect him to lay out all his cards and tell you, you know, what his game plan is. Just for the record, he mentioned Dick Vermeil, you know, waving his magic wand and turning the Rams around. Well, Vermeil showed up in 1997. His quarterback was Tony Banks. They won five games. Dick Vermeil was there in 1998. His quarterback was Tony Banks. They won four games. Dick Vermeil was there in 1999. Kurt Warner was the quarterback. They went 13 and three. So tell me what the difference was. Yeah. Was it Dick Vermeule or was it Kurt Warner? <laughs> you tell me, please. Well, and, uh, and, and by the way, Marshall Falk also showed up that year too. Thank you. Well, that's what I said. I yep. said Falk, I think, had something to do with that. But here's the other thing. Vermeule was already there and building up to that. This that's is a, a new point. coach. So yes. it's actually not so relevant to the Ram circumstances. But if, if we're correct and his philosophy and team building uh, you know, ideas and theories match up with Dave, Gettleman's, which he's been already doing for a couple of off-seasons. My sense is that it shouldn't have to be, you know, they've been kind of going down Main Street. Now they got to make a left turn to go to Broadway. They should be able to keep going down Main Street. Now, you might change lanes a little bit. You might shift where you are on Main Street, but you're still on Main Street. So that should, this shouldn't be a situation where you're blowing up some of the things that have been done the last couple of years in terms of roster building. Well, because they've already revamped and turned over the roster so much, John. I mean, how many more years are you going to continue to do the same thing? So right. once again, these are conversations that when Dave Gettleman, John Mara, Steve Tisch, and Judge sat down, you know, they hammered them out and said, hey— what do you think of our roster and what can you work with? And and if Judge said, I can't work with anything, then it's highly unlikely they were going to hire him, John, yeah. under those circumstances. Something tells me the interview didn't go, so what do you think of our roster? Well, I think Daniel Jones stinks. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you Saquon Barkley, we need to trade him tomorrow. 
I, something tells you that's not how oh, the conversation went. You're going to bring in a coach <laughs> that is in line with maybe not necessarily everything you've been doing because clearly course. you want to change the results, but feels good, feels there's promise in terms of some of the young pieces at least. We need to tear down the whole offensive yeah. line. Just I mean, get them all yeah. out of here. Now, you know, I mean, come on. Real quickly, speaking of the offensive line, I don't know if this has been brought up. There is one connection that Judge does have to this current roster. He did work very closely with Nate Solder mm. for many years in New England. And I'm not talking about from an offensive line standpoint. Solder was on special teams pretty much throughout his entire career there. If you go back, I actually went, I looked at all the snaps from he, 2012 really, he had to 17. a lot of snap counts on well, specials, I mean, huh? I'm not talking about like 50%, but he averaged about... 20 to 25 percent of the special team snaps here or there. My yeah. guess is that he was probably protection on field goals, right? And you're probably right. I mean, yeah. I didn't go mm -hmm. into that detail yet. That was yet, my guess. But yes, he was still part of the special teams unit even when he became a starting offensive lineman. So there is some familiarity from that standpoint. And Jalapio spent two off-seasons with New England in 14 and 16. He never made the 53-man roster, but when you are a bubble player, you're on special teams. So something right. tells me he and Judge also cross paths in some capacity in New England. Lance, I think you are probably correct. 201-939-4513. Jeff in Long Island is up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Jeff. Hey, hi, guys. Um, I am all for the the hiring of Joe Judge. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm a little bit more than cautiously optimistic. I really think that uh, he's got something there that is intangible in in the fact that he's got a a, a, a long history of being on winning programs with winning staff. The, the I, I want to just harken back to yesterday, and Lance was with um, Paul yesterday when Paul brought up this uh, this analogy using cars. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, oh, yes, I was here for it, and oh, I had to painfully <laughs> suffer through it, Jeff. So, okay. yes, Jeff, I, what was it? I, I wanted to bring up an, another analogy, because my concern really was is with media attention. Mm -hmm. And here is my analogy, and I'm using cars, but this has to do with real history, and it's about the Edsel. If, I'm not sure if you guys remember that car or the name of that car from the Ford Motor Company. It, back in the late 50s, okay, they, uh, Ford had to compete with GM, and Ford was bringing up all this attention with a lot of hype and a lot of glowing reports about this new fangled car that was going to come out and take the world by storm. And it happened to be the, the Edsel, and it was the biggest bomb of car history in that part in that time. Well, that's why I was and, still riding my horse and buggy back then. I decided not to take the risk, but go ahead, yes. My, my, uh, the analogy is just the fact that, uh, you know, the media department, the, the PR department for the Giants has all, uh, been putting a lot of praising information there, uh, and it's all, it's all relevant, and it's all accurate, and it's, it's whatnot, but I'm just w wondering how, you know, if, if there's a slightest bit of whether he doesn't live up to the expectations of everything that has come before him, you know, the attention that he's going to get from the media, and my concern is that I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm wrong about that. Well, Jeff, 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 I mean, he's going to get a lot of attention no matter what quotes from Nick Saban or Bill Belichick and Giants public relations staff. Well, what do you think? If they didn't put out the Belichick <laughs> and Saban quotes, people would be like, eh, if he goes 500, it's fine. Saban and Belichick didn't have quotes about him. The, the expectations are high no matter what. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I can never imagine, Jeff, a situation where a team hires a coach, which is supposed to be an exciting moment in franchise history. And this was an and, average hire. <laughs> and they're going to tell you everything that's subpar about the individual. So We aren't excited about this at all. I mean, that, that Jeff, what I would argue is what you're describing is that's the nature of society. Yeah, any correct. business, any corporation, of course, wants to get the consumers excited. But I agree with you. There's no guarantee that comes with the product that they're going to offer that says 100% satisfaction, 100% positive results along with a Lombardi trophy. It goes what we said before. None of this stuff matters, Jeff. Everything that gets said today in the end, it, it, it's, it's great to talk about and we're going to have fun with it. We're going to talk about it tomorrow and I'm going to be a total hypocrite about it and that's fine but in the end when you go and you start playing football games that's what's gonna matter yeah well like i said to preface the whole thing i i really like the hire uh i'm hoping that this all works out that's my my concern my yes. concern my thought but, we agree. The, but the one thing i just want to add before i go is 
uh, and it has to do with personnel because in the beginning of the season, Wayne Gorman was, you know, the, the guy who was coming in to spell uh, Saquon Barkley, and he was doing a great job. Then he had the concussion, but I never heard of him again. I, I never even knew if he came out of pro, uh, concussion protocol or whatnot because I thought he was a real good balance with, with Saquon. And I, I, I hope there's something going on with him that he'll be there uh, with the team uh, this coming season. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the call. He was healthy. Uh, he got out of concussion protocol. They thought Buck Johnson was the better player. So he became the active backup on game days. Yeah, I, that's exactly how things played out. So remember, new coaching staff comes in. Sometimes it's good news for a player. Because right. you now have a different perspective. You can sell yourself to a new coach. You know, that's going to be part of the evaluation process for Joe Judge. David in Rahway, New Jersey. He's up next. Hey, Dave. Hey, how you guys doing? We're great, David. Good What's right. on your mind? Um, I actually like the, uh, the idea of hiring Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. I, I was listening to you guys the other day, and I heard people saying that they didn't like the idea of uh, – bringing him in um do you guys know why i thought i thought the uh, cowboys were actually pretty good on offense well, well first of all i don't want to quote any report but i don't know if you saw it, john there's conflicting reports initially reports came out david and we'll let you continue that said that the that giant warders report correct, correct had granted permission to speak to jason garrett as a head coaching candidate and then it started to spin off that he was needed permission to interview for an OC, and the timeline was confusing. So I don't know what to believe at this point, and nothing is official from the Giants' perspective. We have no idea if there's any connection there at all. Yeah, I mean, so, David, we don't even know if realistically Judge is even considering him for an OC position because a lot of it came out as perhaps the Giants were still looking at head coaching candidates. Now, the way I look at that real quickly, to have somebody, and this is not even Garrett specifically, to have someone on the staff that's been a head coach before to maybe help Joe Judge get used to some of the new things in the position that he hasn't to deal with before. I mean, that can't be a bad thing. As for Garrett, he hasn't called plays since 2013. It's been a yeah. long time. You know, he Kellen Moore, he had Scott Linehan before that, and then he was the OC before he became head coach, and he was the play caller at first. So, you know, yeah, I mean, he... he he had good offenses with Tony Romo. You talk to Cowboy fans, big surprise. Teams never like their teams fans never like their play callers. And, you know, find me a, a, more than five fan bases around the league that <laughs> loves their offensive coordinator. And you know, but honestly, it just doesn't happen very often. So look, he's a guy that's been in the league a long time. He's certainly competent. He knows what he's doing. He has good experience. And I think that's what you look at now. It's just a matter of whether or not. The philosophy of whomever they hire for those positions is going to match up with Joe Judge and can apply their system to the talent that's on the roster, and that's going to determine whether or not they're successful. Well, he has experience as an OC, because remember, he was the OC under Wade Phillips going back to 07 through 09 before he took over as an interim coach in 10. He also has connections to Nick Saban, because he was on Nick Saban's Dolphins coaching staff. So if Judge is looking for recommendations... Yeah, really good fit, you know, because he was the offensive coordinator before. 100%, 100%, yeah. And he's worked with young quarterbacks. Tony Romo was young. Dak Prescott was young. So, you know, all of the things that perhaps the Giants have, I think he's had experience. But as to whether or not, David, there is substance behind any of those reports, I can't tell you that because, once again, I think they were misleading as to whether or not he was needed to be given permission for a head coaching opportunity versus an OC. And those are two very different things. But I would agree with you. I think his track record is very strong. And for a first-time head coach, it never hurts to have somebody with previous head coaching experience. Do not disagree with you there. Clinton's down in Tennessee. He's up next. Hey, Clinton. Hey, hey, how's it going? What up? Good day to be a Giants fan. Absolutely. Exciting day. We look forward to the presser in about an hour. Yeah, I was just calling to see, uh, do you think some of them players are going to come from New England? And you do you think we'll trade Eli Manning? Well, well Eli Manning is yeah. a free agent. Clinton, so he, um, so 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 you can't, you you literally can't trade the guy. Expiring contract. Okay, okay, okay. Well, those are the only questions I had. All right. Uh, well, appreciate the phone call, Clinton. Thank you, Clinton. Right. Um, and look, I'm sure they'll look at any Patriot players that become free agents like they do free agents from any other team. Oh, any coach who's had familiarity with a player that's going to hit the market, I'm sure he's going to have some positive feedback or perhaps the opposite. But if there are Patriots on the market, considering judges' relationships, I'm sure they're going to consider them. But remember, it still comes down to the money and whether or not the price is right. Is this Loki or Locky 
Brandon? Uh, like a Lockie. Okay, we're gonna go Lockie in Philadelphia. What's up, Lockie? Hey, how you doing? How you guys doing? What's up, bud? How are you? Uh, I just want to say I'm excited about the uh, the choice of Joe Judge, and what people are not really talking about is the situation he's walking into. We have some young core players on offense and defense. Yep. We also have a good draft pick. I know you guys don't want to talk about the draft, but we have a good draft pick at number four. I think we need to trade up and do anything to get Chase Young. Also, with free agency, we're going to have close to $100 million. So he's going to be able to put players around him. And I think the good thing is, being in New England, you is able to choose the right players for the right team. So if we get the right players around all he has to do is coach him up and, and select the, uh, a good core coaches to assist them. Yeah, absolutely. Look, look, and, th- and you're right. That's the beauty of making this move this offseason. You have the high draft pick like you mentioned. I'm not one to trade up from four. I think you either pick a great player for you like or you trade down, you get more picks to, to try to add more people to a roster that needs a lot of work. But a huge part of what Joe Judge is going to do here, here, do here along with his staff, Lance's player development. And this is a point I made to Len on the second call of the show. Yes, the new players in free agency will help. The draft picks will help. But Lockie, in all honesty, you get hit for agency out of the park. You can do great in the draft. If the young players you've drafted the last two years don't continue to be to get better and prove to be starting caliber players that can be the foundation of your franchise, it's going to be a rough year. Because you do not depend on rookies to carry your team. I don't care when they're drafted. It's not a smart way to do it. And like we talked about with 2016, you can't depend on free agency to carry your team either. So the development of the young pieces already on the roster are just so essential to how this team is going to play this year. I cannot overstate it enough. Yeah, you could give all the ingredients to a coach. At the end of the day, it's what the coach does with those ingredients. I mean, since we're all in the business today, specifically of building the analogies, if you gave me all the ingredients, you told me to bake a cake, but then I screw up in terms of the heat in the oven or I don't follow the procedures or steps, it doesn't matter that I have all the ingredients. The cake's going to be crap. Or maybe your ingredients are expired past their expiration Correct. date and they end up being bad ingredients. Yeah, so you could give him the ingredients. Now it's his job in the coaching staff to groom the town. This is what I will say. I think we talk about in the NBA a lot, John, not to get completely off topic, sometimes the best Thank coaches you, Appreciate it. are former players that were deep on the depth chart. And why is that? Because they can relate to the entire roster. For example, if you ask Larry Bird, who actually had a pretty good record as a head coach, but Isaiah Thomas, Jordan Magic, it's hard for them to relate to all the players because they did things that everybody else couldn't. So right. Joe Judge, as a special teams coordinator, has been exposed to... All players across the roster, the stars, the guys that are bubble players, and I think that's why the Giants also thought he'd be really good in developing talent because he's had his hands in a wealth of talent across the board, a mix, not necessarily just focusing on the star offensive players or the star defensive players. So that was the first thing I thought of, similar to the NBA, the bench players tend to make better coaches because they are exposed to those type of players and they themselves can relate to all guys on the roster. And remember, like, if you're Michael Jordan and you're sitting there and this guy just keeps missing shots and he, he can't jump, throw, get around two people and make a lap, you're like, why can't you do that? I did that. Exactly. You yeah. know, if, if you're the guy that had to work to get everything and, you know, figure out how to outsmart people and, and do things of that nature, that can work and that's relatable to every player in the locker room to your point Lance and and I'll say this again I don't mean to be repetitive when it comes to player development yeah the head coach is important no question the people that develop talent on the roster are the position coaches they teach the fundamentals they have them in meeting rooms doing film work they teach them how to play the game yeah, Joe Judge can stop by and help out and, you know, set the foundation and tell the coaches what to teach. And I think fundamentals will be another big talking point of his today, how important fun football fundamentals are going to be for this roster. But it's the position coaches that do the teaching one-on-one in small groups, one-on-one on the practice field, in meeting rooms, of all those things that turns young and experienced players into good football players. So it just 
comes back to the staff again. Well, and here's something that relates to exactly what you were talking about. I don't know if you saw the great HBO piece on Belichick and Saban. I, it's on my it's DVR. Fantastic. I have not watched it You should it definitely yet. get around to I doing will. it. And Judge is related to this because he was mentored and coached by both of these guys. There's a point in the conversation, I'm not going to ruin it for you, where Belichick was oh, explaining to Saban. No, I, I'm going to explain yeah. it, but it's not going to take away from the whole piece. Belichick was telling Saban, they, I think they had a bad loss to Kansas City or whoever it may be. He gets on the plane. The first thing he does is he sees all of his assistants on the plane in the first few rows, and they've got their laptops out, and they're already breaking down the film. So he tells his assistant, he says, guys, stop what you're doing, okay? We didn't lose because our scheme stunk or we were outcoached. We lost because... Guys can't tackle. <laughs> and, and, and his you know, lesson I, was... I actually saw that on a tease. You saw the clip? Yeah. yeah. It is, it's a great tease, <laughs> but you even add more substance when you see within the context of the conversation. And his point was what you're laying out. He needs his coaches to get back to the fundamentals with his players, not get all sexy and creative in terms of the scheme. So it reminded me of what Judge has come from is exactly what you were just talking about. And remember, the last two head coaches were big scheme guys, West Coast offense guys, where it's all about the scheme and the plays and stuff like that, right? And that's kind of what, traditionally, that system has always been about play design. Yeah. It's the system, this and that. You're not getting that with Joe Judge. That, that I don't think that's going to be what he's all about. 100%. Good yeah. stuff. Absolutely. And I remind everybody that we will have exclusive interviews one-on-one with Joe Judge, Dave Gettleman, John Maris, Steve Tisch on Giants.com and the Giants YouTube page later on today at 2 p.m., of course. The press conference will stream live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app, live from the Coaches Club in MetLife Stadium. You'll have Joe Judge at the podium, and you'll have ownership, general manager Dave Gettleman speak as well at that press conference. Make sure you check it out on the Giants Huddle Podcast right now if you want to fill the next hour before the press conference. I talked to Sean O'Hara. He broke down the higher four, so make sure you check that out. And of course, you can find the archive of Big Blue Kickoff Live the last two days. Lance and Paul have break, broken down the higher, taken down your calls. You can go to your favorite podcast platform, search for Big Blue Kickoff. You can find it on podcast, or for all the Giants podcast, go to Giants.com slash podcast, where you can subscribe, and it'll show you where to find them on all your favorite podcast platforms. For Lance Meadow, I'm John Schmelk. Big Blue Kickoff Live was brought to you by Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. We'll see you next time, everybody. Adios. Have a good one.